Welcome back to the Jerks in the Fourth Row podcast. Tonight, the dog and I are going to be doing something a lot different than what we normally do. This is more of an informative podcast, though we're going to try to relate it to movies. We're going to be talking about the Mandela Effect, a weird phenomenon that actually, dog, you brought up to my uh, attention over the past week. Um, and we're going to try to somehow, in true jerk fashion, relate it to movies. Yep. Uh, so first off, I... So I'd come across this listening to another podcast, but also in my movie research. And, and I thought it was just interesting enough, a phenomena to, to share and do, you know, a full podcast on, um, but right off the bat. So you had some awareness of it, um, in our, you know, pre pre podcast meetings. Um, but if you could summarize it in your basic understanding of it, what would you, how would you describe it? So the best way I could describe it is like you said, it's a phenomenon. It's a weird phenomenon where people, a large group of people remember something happening that either really didn't or something that happened that, or, or like an image or something like that, that doesn't really exist. Right. Yeah. So, so when the Mandela is Nelson Mandela, um, and so the what where it started or it stemmed from was there's a whole huge group of people who remember him dying in prison in the eighties, and there was like they remember the funeral and his widow giving a speech, and there all these 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 really intricate memories surrounding it, but it never happened. He famously died in two thousand and thirteen. But these people have such intricate memories, and it wasn't just this one person, um, that it is this huge group of people. So it spawned this idea in, in you know, it was found. So, so what it's also referred to is, you know, a co- collective false memories. Um, and so this, this stems to a lot of movies, and it, you know, again, in our research. I found, you know, more than a handful. Um, yeah. So, so right you, off the bat, so you did the research. I am sitting here. Usually, I have a couple pages worth of notes. I feel very naked right now because I have nothing. You told me not to, so I'm not. I'm here without any notes, ready to. You know, I, I guess you have some sort of like exercise you want to do right off the bat. Well, Doug, it, you know, I heard in The Simpsons, if you want, you know, to be less nervous, you just imagine me naked. So <laughs> if that, helps, I don't know if that helps oh, or God, hurts no. you. I think that would make me sick, but anyway, yeah. I guess it would take <laughs> care of the nervousness if, if I'm so, puking. Anyways, there is a right off the bat. I'm just gonna throw something at you to see what you think. Okay. There was a children's book series uh, about a family of bears. Uh, what comes to your mind? Uh, the Berenstein Bears. Yep. And, and how would you, which is a, you know a classic book we we all grew up with. And all right, so in your head. How would you spell Berenstein? B-E-R, B-E-A-R, sorry, like like the bear. E-N-S-T-I, or S-T-E-I-N, Berenstein. That's exactly what I thought too. <clears throat> and I, I feel like I can picture it in my head that way. And there's this huge group of people who are just like us and who have been pronouncing it that way forever. And the actual spelling is B. A R E N S T A I N Berenstain, and the authors are are named Berenstain, and they're both aware. The authors, uh, a husband and a wife, 
are aware of it always being called Berenstein, and they had they no explanation for why it was ever Berenstein. But I swear, dude, at the lake we had those books, and I swear I can see E I N in my brain. Yeah, no, that's the image that I have too. Isn't that bizarre? That is weird. So, anyways, as it as this preclude or you know. Um, relates to movies, uh, there's there's a ton of, you know, popular quotes and misremember that are misremembered, misremembered scenes. Um, and like you said, things that, or pictures that people envision and don't actually, have never actually happened mm-hmm. or they've happened differently than people remember. So the one I can think of with, in movies is, is from Star Wars, right? So I think everyone, the famous line where Luke you know, understands that Darth Vader's his father. We all go back to that movie and Empire Strikes Back. And when we quote it, we say, Luke, I am your father. When really, I know that it's, he never says the Luke part. He just says, I am your father. And it's not as dramatic as we remember it. Well, it, it is as dramatic as you remember well, it. I mean, I mean the, he doesn't address Luke first. He doesn't say it that slowly. He just kind of just tells him. And so... Fascinating tidbit about that is uh, this was a, one of the first movie ones that I been in. So I, I was listening to this podcast called Bedtime Stories, which is about like all weird like, happenings. And so they talked about the Berenstein Bear ones and I was thing, and I was like, whoa. And then they went into Star Wars, and I was like, oh, this is totally applicable to the podcast. Um, and they have James Earl Jones, the voice of Darth Vader, saying he's like, I remember, I remember reading the line. <laughs> And, it, and saying, Luke, I am your father, and just being like, no, I, I he, he can't be, he's lying to him. And like he himself, the person who says the line in the movie misquotes it. I, I have, it's so weird. The, the, this phenomenon is just so weird. The, the only way I can un, like understand it is, you've heard of like wives tales, right? Like everyone knows like the same wives tales that either are or aren't true as far as like, I don't know, if you get a black eye, you put a piece of steak on it. Or like, I don't even know if that's one. But everyone is under all, this whole false pretense through wives' tales that either are or not true, that, but we all know, know them either way. So that's the only thing right. I can really relate it to. It's just false. No, it's a really like, good comparison. Like, I mean, I think maybe in A Christmas Carol or A Christmas Story, um, like I'm pretty sure Ralphie gets a steak put on his face after he gets in a fight. Um, so like these, these ideas, these, like, what would you call them? Wives tales, these, these, like these, I don't know, not caricatures, but these ideas are just like in popular culture a lot, but are not really like in your real life at all, or, you know, in that example, at least. Um, but throughout movies, it's, it, there's so many that I what, am victim to or guilty of um, yeah, well, you didn't up. you didn't allow me to research, so l- l- lay a few on me or test okay. me. Okay, all right. So what I want you to do here is for me either all right. So for the first one, risky business. I want you to outline the most famous scene. Okay, so he's in Tom Cruise is listening to old time rock and roll, mm-hmm. and he slides into kind of like the doorway between the living room and the stairwell in his underwear. And he starts like singing into like a broom or something like that. 
Okay. So is what else? What else is he wearing besides his underwear? Uh, a white button-down T-shirt. And okay, so that's it. Yeah, that's that's how I remember it. So you don't picture him wearing sunglasses. Uh, I do. No, I do. Yes, I do picture him wearing sunglasses. Yes. Okay. Okay. So here, this is well. That's I, I pictured exactly how you described it. Um, sliding in in white undies, white socks, white shirt, and sunglasses. In yeah. all actuality, he slides in no sunglasses, uh, white undies, but a pink button-down shirt. Okay. So a minor detail that I know isn't like a big no, deal. No, but if I were going to recreate it, so if I was going to dress up from Tom, as Tom Cruise from Risky Business without going back and watching the movie, what I, what I told you is what I would put together. Yeah, and it's, that is like the Halloween costume that everyone wears. And, and, and later on, I think I'm going to ask you to, you know, we'll discuss the causality of this or why we think, you know, this, this exact exists or why it exists so prevalently within movies, especially. Um, but that has, that start off one, um, uh, just the scene that I thought was, was interesting. There's a couple of Tom Cruise ones, but I won't, I have like four or five picked out here that I want you to, to do. So, all right. Next one is Field of Dreams. Yeah. Could you send me the most famous line that comes to your head? If you build it, they will come. And that's what I would have said too. And the actual quote is, if you build it, he will come. Huh. So it, if you build it, they will come is never in the movie. Well, at the end, you see like the line of cars. So maybe that's why I was thinking they, but I'm seeing a common theme. I think James Earl Jones has just got... <laughs> his stink is all well, over this. Ray Liotta, who says it. Ray Liotta comes out of the, the cornfields as the old uh, baseball player and talks to Kevin Costner. And, uh, and he's the one who says, if you build it, he will come. And he's talking about Kevin Costner's father. Father, right. Okay. Well, that makes but, sense. At least that one makes sense. Like, But I, 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 I just remember they, and I think the reason I think it's they, because I've just always said that one, and two, at the end, you see thousands of cars lined up the highway to come watch a baseball game. So I totally agree with you. He built it and they, being the whom, the, the audience, or the people coming to watch the, the baseball field or play on it, whatever they were coming to do. Um, I totally agree with you. And that's what I've always I, I thought. I'd even said it recently, you know, because I'd played at uh, Black Forest where I worked for the first time and played guitar. And I said, if you build it, you know, they'll come. So they've never had music there before. And I I literally quoted that, and it's a misquote. Quick plug, so, quick shout out. Tim will be playing from 6 o'clock to... <laughs> this podcast. Hey, we can plug whatever we want, homie. It's our pod. True, true, true. We'll see how it goes, and then we'll maybe talk about it next week. All right, all right. You can. Uh, you might be coming. I heard caught wind you might be coming with crystal on friday so yeah well by the time this goes out it'll be it'll be past that anyway so we can, you talk can about give it. me a dissection of my performance anyways uh so the next one so the field of dreams i i totally i'm on the same page same with risky business uh the next one silence of the lambs most famous quote um hello clarice or Never happens in the movie. Never says hello, Clarice. Never says hello, Clarice. What? He said he says good morning, and then he says good evening, Clarice. 
but he never says hello, Clarice. Whoa, man. Well, that one I can't believe. That one I got So, so, so this, this um, quoting of saying uh, hello, Clarice, it happened before Hannibal, but to your, to your, your, your benefit here, um, and to your defense, he, he because the the line had become popular mm-hmm. in pop culture and in society, he then used it in Hannibal on the phone. He says hello, Clarice. Okay. So he did actually say it in the next movie, but but it happened all before in the Silence of the Lambs. Wow. And there's one more. There's one more that's minor from that. Which what's the second most famous line? Um, I don't know something that something that Wild Bill says or something. I don't know. What does Buffalo Bill say Buffalo when Bill. she's dead? Oh, uh, it puts the lotion on its skin, or else it gets the hose again. So again, it, a, a small misquote. It it rubs the lotion on the skin. Uh, it never says it puts. But but again, it that's exactly what I thought too. But just a little interesting little notes. How they? It's funny how it just gets misconstrued or misquoted over time if enough people do it. So talking about this, I actually remember one more and it's the, the it's from Forrest Gump life. What would you say? What would you say that line is that he says? So this, I also came across this. One okay. So I'm not going to fool you on this one. This one just kind of popped in my head as we were going. No, see this one I have in the same line actually as my next one that I'll ask you, but like this one, so he when he says it, um, when Forrest says it, when he's sitting on the bench, he's got a mouthful of chocolate. So he's laugh. He he actually says life was like a right, box of right. chocolates. Yep. But his mouthful of life was like so. Most people it's, say life is like a box of chocolates. If you go back and listen to it, I remember watching this last time I saw Gump, and I, it's very clear he says was and not is. But that the yeah. is is the it's clear and I think people she, remember uh, Sally Field also says it on her death she says life so anyways um, but uh, so that but I didn't think that that one's so minor that I did I could I I think it's less interesting wait uh, Sa- than, Sally Field says life was or life is uh, I think she says is and is. but okay. Forrest Gump is quoted saying was okay. Or, Forrest Gump is misquoted saying is when he actually says was. Anyways, um, so next one, Jaws. Yep. Famous, most famous line. I think we're going to need a bigger boat. Small misquote, I think you're going to need a bigger boat. He's talking gotcha. to the guy, the this, this, the guy, the hunter, the shark hunter, who, when his eyes roll over. <laughs> You see nothing, and you see the white. <laughs> like I'm falling into I'm falling into all of these for you, by the way. Yeah, no, it's great because I fell into them too. Um, and the last one before I uh, I get into let's get well before we get into like causality and why you think this happens um, is all right. This is for all of our viewers. Snow White. What would you say the most famous line from Snow White is? Um, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? And the actual quote is magic mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all. It doesn't say mirror, mirror. It doesn't say mirror, mirror. And also, a small tidbit is, so the the dwarves sing, uh, hi-ho, hi-ho, 
you know, the, what, what's the quote? It's what off to work think? we go. It's off to work we go. And, and the actual quote was, hi-ho, hi-ho, it's home from work we go. Oh, I would have never guessed that one. Yep. And also uh, the famous line, uh, whistle while you work, is actually uh, whistle while you twerk. Uh, <laughs> according to the yin-yang twins. No, I'm just Dude, kidding. Dopey no, got low, baby. Just, that's just the, the yin-yang twins being yin-yang. Yin-yang. <laughs> Anyways, um, so one last one before we get into like the causality of it all, actually, there's one last one I want to throw at you. So what would you say is the most famous line from E.T.? Okay, I know I'm going to get this wrong, but it's E.T., phone home. I don't know why you would have thought you got that wrong. It's repeated over and over. But no, it's, it's actually E.T., home phone. It's impossible. So, but- That's impossible. I, I, well, I think maybe Elliot or whatever, he might say E.T. phone home like later on, but E himself says E.T. home phone. So I've deleted that. I've deleted that whole movie from my memory anyways. I think we talk about my phobia on past podcasts, but yeah. yeah. Not to stir up disturbing memories for you, Doug. (laughs) You're reversing years of therapy right now, Doug. It's all right, dog. I, I won't bring up any, or I, I wouldn't suggest any past regression hypnosis therapy for you or anything like that. I wouldn't want to just, you know, stir you up. You, you, you're on a very straight and narrow path right past, now. We won't break you up too much. Past hypnosis. That's a, that's above my pay grade anyways, homie. Past regression. It's where they, you go under hypnosis and they bring back old thoughts and then like, so who, for all we know, you could have been beamed up and like, that's why you just can't remember it, you know? Yeah. I think I remember waking up one one night in the middle of the night and you weren't in your bed and maybe, you know, no. My, my poops have been hurting lately, so maybe that explains <laughs> it. <laughs> they were always a green hue as well, which, you know, yeah. radiation and, you know, exposure, you know, maybe you're one of the blue-eyed children from the, you know, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But getting into uh, more specifically into theories and like kind of causation and causality for why the Mandela effect uh, effect exists, uh, particularly within movies, you know, I won't go too far into why Phil's poops are green or whether he got beamed <laughs> up or not. You know, again, that's that's my. We'll get into again uh, relative perception as well because I think that is. Uh, an important part of this, but right off the bat, uh, referring to comedies, because you and me, we just love comedies. We're always talking about them. I feel like, um, parodies are really important in the misremembering of, of, uh, popular scenes. Agree. So, you know, parodies from famous scenes can be like mismocked or, or, you know, have been altered to fit the narrative kind of, of, of like, the parody that they're doing. So whether, you know, it's somehow Jim Carrey as Biden does risky business, you know what I mean? Like it fits. So it's been changed around a little bit in order to like fit what's going on. So that's what we remember. I mean, I think that there's a classic one with in Tommy boy where he's saying, Luke, I am your father. And that's why we get the star Wars one wrong. I always, honestly, since I, after that, I always want to talk into the back of a fan and, and sound like Darth Vader. Terminator reference in that scene, too. He flicks off David Spade with the... With, oh, yeah, the, the fake hand. Right. <laughs> so, so that's, I mean, that's another thing that I 
not going to get into right this second, but like meme culture and like kind of, um, uh, how did I refer to it as meme culture and kind of like this new occurrence of what a lot of people refer to as moods. Oh, that's such a mood or like, um, and again, memes are like, you know, single images that can represent a broad spectrum of it, emotion or it conveys a basic emotion along with, again, whatever um, text you want to put with it. So I think that's a really important part, too, is, is you know, we never really this is kind of a new phenomena in terms of uh, in humanity. Well, it may not be. Uh, I don't know. I mean. You know, there's 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 different stuff over time that I guess maybe is misconstrued. No, I think we're just recognizing it now. So, I mean, I, I'd be interested. I mean, there's no way to go back in time. We haven't invented time travel yet. But some of the stuff that we read in history books, like George Washington chopping down the cherry tree and, you know, all these tall tales we hear about Abraham Lincoln, like, are these really true or are the, like the stuff that's facts in history books? Are these really true or are these, you know, the same phenomenon that we just can't fact check now? Uh, I mean, I think it, it's all dependent, I guess, and this is where I can bring up to like the the relative interpretation. So like who is interpreting the stories um, and how they're using them. So whether they're using them as parables or fables or, um, you know, just something in, uh, um, or, it, or even a, a preaching of the acceptance of a false truth that like represents a person, a, a, a purpose that has a function in society. So like there's, a, I know that was pretty wordy and stuff, but I, like, I'm following, I get you. So, so what it is, is what it is, art, and, and I've also ha have this written down here, art is made to be interpreted and to be discussed and to, to you know, stimulate different opinions and different views, um, which is why I think it is, more to so prevalent in movies because you know you can look at a piece of art on the wall and have a, a bunch of different you know pictures says a thousand words right so are you saying that when we see a scene in a movie then maybe our brain just kind of edits it so that it sounds the way that we want it to is that is that kind of what you're getting at so great setup so our brains are association machines right so like we are conditioned creatures right so we have associations with different things like, um, so let's see, like the association of, you know, uh, of say like, all right, here's a funny one. So like the, the cowbell in, uh, in SNL skit, yeah. uh, Don't Fear the Reaper. So like whenever you hear that song, your, your mind immediately goes to Will Ferrell, right? Yes. Yep. But if you go back and actually listen to that song, the cowbell is really subtle and it's really <laughs> not that crazy. But because it's been uh, exaggerated and, you know, kind of overemphasized, I feel like, and because that was almost more popular than the song, at least for our generation, um, I feel like that is a perfect example of how something can get misremembered, misconstrued, or like misassociated. Right. Yeah. That skit is genius, by the way. It's just a calm between between Will Will Ferrell's the song first off, Will Ferrell's performance, what they're all wearing, Christopher Walken, uh, her even Horatio Sands, Fallon doing yeah. his bit. It like that is an underrated skit. I feel like he speaks for all of us, man. <laughs> like but it's just Will Ferrell being Will Ferrell. You know, hanging his gut comes out, of course, and you know he's oh, just yeah. kind of oh yeah, the entire stage. 
But yeah, Milwaukee. You can't listen to the Blue Oyster Cult or even think about them. Same thing goes for Air Supply with me when Will Ferrell and Chris Kattan did did all that. Like, I don't know what Air Supply looks like in in my mind. It's really just Chris Kattan and Will Ferrell with like blonde wigs on. Yeah. So so that's the associations that we have. Um, And again, these conditioned associations through repetition, like we've seen them over and over and through redefinition based on environment and social value. So it's arguably that those songs, you know, they're good songs now, but they're more valuable to us now that we can make fun of them and quote something from them. So like their definition or their relevance to society has changed. I I think, yes, I, I think you just put that perfectly. Like by scrambling up the words a little bit or remembering something different, it means more to us. So that's why it, it stays in our brains. The part that I don't, just don't get about this whole effect or the whole phenomenon is you could take two separate people who have never talked to each other before or maybe not even seen the same type of media and they will believe something like that. So going back to the original the original occurrence, like the Mandela uh, death or whatever, people they found in studies that people remember this the same way even though they had never spoken or had two different types of upbringing. So like that's the phenomenon I don't get. The closest thing I can refer to, and I'm not sure if I've already actually mentioned this or if we did this in pre-production, is is the phenomenon of wives' tales. So, for instance, putting the steak on your on your eye, you know, to after you get a black eye, or, or eating you a toothache, like they they wrap like a, a yeah. bandage up on top of your head. Yeah, <laughs> or, or or eating carrots is gonna make your eyes. Oh, your your eyesight isn't good. Have a bunch of carrots, like that'll improve your eyesight. Like. It's, it's just like these wives' tales that everyone, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. It's like bullshit, bullshit stuff. I'm using a lot of food for whatever in these wives' tales, but it's like bullshit stuff that like everyone could either relay back to you or has, has been taught at some point and no one really knows where it came from. Well, here's the thing. Like, as I said before, those, those have a function in society. Those have a function for parents teaching their children, you know, about, you know, basic ways to interact in life. Like those... I feel like wives tales have more, again, are more functional rather than like something, someone misremembering Nelson Mandela's death. Like that is like, what is the function of that? Like, I don't see it because it's just, it's just, and that, which is why. And again, the fact that this, the Berenstein bears like still in my head, it's S T E I N. And, and, and I, and it just speaks to how crazy that's a, our you know our subconscious is so like yeah you know i think you know i see your face every time but i'm not, not always knowing what you're wearing then like if you were to ask me a, a week later or something like that um yeah and i think it just shows to that our brains are just kind of shit sometimes or our memory is just shit you know like in and there's these like little uh, cross wires or whatever that happen that we just accept as as fact or memory or whatever that's flawed Mm -hmm. no definitely and i think i have that written here is is cross lines and well so something like um um so uh et home phone Mm -hmm. Um, so he says it like that, but then Elliot later on says ET phone home. So, so the fact, so that's the cross wires of like, and us melding the lines together to make it more useful in a succinct way. Right. I think anytime you can bring, and I think I said this before, but anytime you can bring the character 
that you can do the impression for and, and put it together with the line, it just makes more sense. It's the Sally Field saying the life is like a box of chocolates, but we want to say it in Gump's, in Gump's uh, accent. Exactly. But it, I mean, in reference to this occurrence in movies, I mean, I feel like we also change a lot of lines or, you know, meld them together because it, it's just uh, like you said, like it, it's more useful if we say like in the field of dreams, if you build it, they will come. Cause I feel like that line is more broadly applicable. Sure. And, and it's just such a slight twist of it. Um, you know, same with jaws, like we're going to need a bigger boat. Like, instead of saying you're going to need a bigger boat, it's just, you broaden that using that one word differently is just broadens the usage yeah. of it in a way. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. No, good point. So, I mean, the, the scene, like, I, like I said, it, it's meaning over time can change, and you know the 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 narrative adheres to whatever modern situation it's in. Um, and again, it, it it stems off of meme culture. It's it's this um, using a familiar act or image or something in order to convey a specific emotion, and then you fill in again the text or the narrative or the you know the script with with how you're going to pitch it new in a new way, right. and I think and I and I think that kind of just speaks to not only we you know parodies and we as a society and comedy and stuff like that, but also how these these movies like Star Wars or something have become franchi franchises and kind of have gotten bigger than just a movie or a set of movies. Like there's merchandising, there's you know conventions, there is you know spinoffs. And, and I think, and I think that says something about popular media in the new, the new age is that it's much bigger than just uh, you know a, a, you know a simple film or a simple script. You know, what I'm saying it's there's it's multifaceted. Yeah. And so a, a lot of this too is I th I th feel like we are in a generation now where we're passing things down secondhandly. So like you said, with the means, like you and word of mouth. So we're no longer going back to like the history books. It's like almost like playing like telephone as we go throughout society. You know what I mean? Like you're sitting around at the table, you say one thing. And by the time it gets to like that fifth, sixth, seventh person, it might just, you know, if, even if you're playing it at your best, it's still going to change just a little bit. And I think that that's kind of what we're doing with some of these movie quotes and memories that, that we have. Definitely. And as different people, you know, carry this, as you say, pass the torch or pass the phone call along through different uh, mediums, whether it's sketch shows, whether it's uh, comics, whether it's, you know, in music, uh, there's, there's, there's all, it's multifaceted and it's, but the, I think the most important thing is that it's collective. So like the fact that you said earlier, like you could go two strangers could have the same understanding. And, and, and that's really interesting in, again, as, as a macro observation, um, is that two people have a very specific misunderstanding because perception is usually so specific and relative that if, you know, if, you know it's been said before that there's three forms of the truth. There's my version, your version, and then the actuality <laughs> of things. And like... It's, and fact, it's, it's Yeah, Doug, I got to just... It's funny you should say that. I was recently on a walk with dad we, after Thanksgiving and we were talking, don't ask how this came up, but we were talking about the time that he gave me the birds and the bees conversation. 
his mem- <laughs> obviously I was an awkward 14 year old whatever and the, mom and dad brought me into like the the formal living room it's the worst thing I'm like oh shit why am I in trouble I wish I was in trouble because that that conversation was like so awkward after that but he remembers like mom doing the most talking I remember him doing the most talking I remember it being after church he remembers it being a sad like our memories just you know I, I mean I think I was probably more scarred than he was from that but our memory of that day, we were kind of just going over it on the walk and neither of us could come to like the same story. No, it's all in the, well, th- first off, there's probably a lot of like emotion going on and embarrassment on both sides that like skews your attention. So this is a, a, one of my arguments is that like, so to be human, like our, our subconscious fills in all the blanks so we can give such intense focus on one thing. Yeah. Like that function of our 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 brains and being again humans is like our ability to focus on one thing but the our brain has to fill in the rest of it and just make sense of it so often being emotional creatures as well if we're just sitting in an uncomfortable moment focusing on that emotion you're probably not aware of what the hell is going on on the outside yeah for sure so it's definitely it's definitely in the eye of the beholder the eye of the interpreter if you will and but again the fact that it's so like these misinterpretations are so broad and so and shared by people with no relation or no, you know, it's, it's, I think it's really interesting, but uh, um, I don't have like a solid conclusion of it outside of movies. I think movies, it, it's easier to explain within movies, but like the fact that everyone, or there's a large group of people who remember the, the challenger crash on a different date, like, yeah. I mean, at some point there had to have been some misinformation or just, I don't know, maybe it was printed wrong. And I, I couldn't tell you why. Like, it's just such a weird phenomenon. But anyways, if my memory serves me right, which I think we just spent the last, you know, 35 minutes or so saying that our memories suck. But if my memory serves me right, we're going to try to keep this one to 30 minutes. We're right about the 35 minute mark. Dog, any, I know you don't have a conclusion, but any final, you know, no, words on this? Just- no, because I think what's important is that we presented it, you know, we presented this idea, we've made our, our, you know, our guesses, and we've presented our theories, but in reality, I still don't know, still don't quite understand the whole phenomenon, which is pretty cool. It is cool. Anything that you can't really explain as kind of like a human phenomenon is just so interesting to me. Definitely. And one thing that I've learned is when you're at the lake out on the water, uh, when you're gonna need, when you're gonna need a bigger boat, while you home phone, mama will say life was like a box of chocolates. <laughs> when it that's, that's no good, but I mean, it was the best I could do with the short notice. Val- valiant effort. All right, homie, peace out. Peace. Hey.